and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We talk every week about the reality of running property businesses. Simon has a number of buy-to-lets and runs Patma, which is a leading portfolio management software system and a source of property market insights. Stuart runs a portfolio of co-living properties with a six-figure turnover and also has a property investment consultancy. And quick couple of requests. Don't forget, please do join the email Bop Tribe. And thanks to those Eagle subscribers that have emailed us to uh, ask if we are going to send out an email, we will. We are just battling with our CRM system at the moment. Uh, nothing to do with human error on my part. Um, and the, <laughs> the, the only other thing to remind you of is last call for anyone. If you do have any interest in joining our property growth club, and this will be the first cohort that we do. It will be seen as a, a very good way to help accelerate your property investing journey and something that we personally have found a lot of value in in the past. So if you are interested in that, just send us an email to show at thebusinessofproperty.com, show at thebusinessofproperty.com. Okay, that was a quick couple of requests. Now, Simon, we've gone for the highly charged podcast title of why would anyone buy property this year? And before we get into that, I would like to acknowledge that I stole that headline from a tweet. And that tweet, in the interests of transparency, came from uh, House Price Mania and had a number of responses. So people talking about it. So clearly there is fear in the market. And we obviously delved into that a little bit. So before we get into the conversation, just the information that was on the article, and it came from Estate Agency Online, had a Lloyd's forecast that in 2023, there would be an 11.1% drop, very close to Simon's forecast. That, of course, means it will be wrong. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I was coming to that. I was saving that for later. 2024, 9.8% drop. 2025, 5.6% drop. So next three years, according to Lloyd's worst case scenario, is not looking very good. So why would anyone buy a property right now, Simon? Well, probably because they need a home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I mean, well, we, we chat a lot on, on this podcast and off this podcast about property investment and buying property for rental, for HMOs, for holiday lets, for, for investment purposes generally. And, and flips as well. Actually. We talk about that occasionally, but, but less, less often. And I think it's very easy to forget that we are the minority. The large majority of people buying a house are buying their own home. And I think that is, is why you would buy a home at the moment, buy a house at the moment. It's because it's your home. And if you're, if you're stepping up or down from an existing property, both your purchase and your sale will be moving with the market. So price increases, price reductions don't actually make as much of a difference as you might think they would because both both parts of the the move the process are, are moving together so so yeah I, I think i think if you're buying to buy your own home and you're going to buy a property that you're going to be in for a, a while then it probably doesn't matter all that much if the the prices are are going to fall for a bit after you bought it and i can speak from personal experience where i purchased uh, our current, or I should say we, my, my wife and I, purchased our current home at the peak 
of the prices in 2007, 2008. And then, of course, for some years after that, our house was worth quite a lot less than we paid for it. And every time we thought about that, it was quite annoying. <laughs> but, but ultimately, it hasn't changed anything. We, we purchased a property that we knew we could afford the mortgage payments on, and we have afforded the mortgage payments, and it's still our home, and it has now increased in value again to slightly more than, than we paid for it, although not actually very much. But, but the point is that time has sort of fixed that for us because it was our home, and, and we wanted somewhere to live. We needed somewhere to live, obviously. So yeah, I think, I think that's a, a big reason why people would buy a house at the moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us a step back and a step up from this because the the thing that I would think about as well, because because that is true. We've talked about that before. I, I too bought in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. But the first thing I, I also want to point out is that this is a worst case scenario from from Lloyd's Bank, Stroke Halifax. Haven't haven't done that much detail into it. So this is a worst case scenario. Now we could all be chicken littles and start running around and say, the sky is going to fall in, let's not do anything. But the first thing I, I would think about is, when we look back at the past, for property values to drop by 25% is a lot. You know, and even in our, you know, we've been around the block a few times, and based on that experience that you've just talked about, I'm guessing, you tell me I'm right or wrong, but the, the property value, although it dropped, didn't drop by 25%, because that would have been close to us, you know, well, a very high five-figure number. It dropped by about 12%, something in that region. Yeah. So, so the, the first thing I think about is this is just their forecast. At, I say a global level, but of course I mean nationwide level, but at the highest level I'm thinking about. Therefore, there's going to be vagaries, and that could be largely inflated by the, the, the London and Southeast market. And doesn't mean that northeast, northwest, southwest, uh, Scotland aren't going to drop. They could, but probably not to the same degree if previous cycles are anything to go by. So that's where sort of my mind goes to is, okay, it's a very negative. And the reason I find this interesting is that people respond to this and people have responded to this online saying, well, yes, you know, I'm, you know they're very fearful about buying this year. And, and again, that. The first question is, is, is that going to be for your own residence or for an investment? And then if it's for, for either, actually, what's, what's the time scale on it? If we're thinking of a long time, then, you know, as you and I have talked about many, many times on this podcast, then, you know, time is the great equaliser. And also, if the current numbers work for us, then it's something we should look at. But of course, if we're thinking that the property we buy now is going to be worth 25% less in three years' time, that's going to make us highly, highly reticent to, to make that investment. But I would certainly just look at more local level at prices in the area for the last 10, 20, 25 years and really just help build that confidence. So that's probably going to be very unlikely. Yeah, yeah. And we should put in just quickly that 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 25% drop is their worst case scenario. And they do have a best case scenario as well. And they have, they have a middle case scenario as well, but who, who wants to think about the middle case? I mean, that's just boring. So we'll, we'll look at the, the worst already and then the best. So their best case scenario is a 
percent drop this year and then in 2024 they think that could turn around to a 6.5 percent growth in property prices and then a further nine percent growth in 2025 so that their best case scenario is is quite different from their worst case so that i think they're, they're really hedging their bets yes and that's roughly a 12 percent increase over that same period of time so <laughs> yeah. so yeah, you either go from a mi- minus 25% or a plus 12%. And that shows you the tolerance we- we- we're working with just from this one bank's forecast. It's almost like predicting the future is difficult. I mean, <laughs> and, and I suppose that is the challenge, isn't it? Because we, get, we see people reacting to this online that I believe probably are making decisions or not based off of the back of these facts. And I think... If there was anything that I'd want to underscore, it's that, isn't it? It's use as much information as you can. But it would worry me that if if somebody's using just this one piece of data, because it created a good headline. It created a good headline for us. But as you've just said, you know, we talked about the worst case. We could actually look at best, middle, worst. And, if you know, if you look at middle, that's probably somewhere in between the both. Would you believe that's, it? That's normally the definition of middle, yeah. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> In which case, the, you, you know, the, the, the current predicament based on looking at Patma data, so we're going to bring some of that in now, and based on what I've seen in wider industry news, is right now, you know, sadly for, for Simon's prediction, it's, it's just looking a bit flat. Everything's looking a bit stagnant. Everything, you know, it's not going one way. Although, you know, you and I did speak before we hit the record button about the Northwest, and we will come back to that. But my sense at the moment is just that things are just looking a little bit flat. Yeah, they, they, I think the, the data that's been coming out of various people, Rightmove and mortgage companies and things, and also supported by, by the PATMA data that I get to see as well, is exactly that. The number of properties coming onto the, the market at the moment is sort of fairly steady. But more significantly, I think, is that it's roughly equal to the number of properties leaving the market each week. So, so there doesn't seem to be a, a massive influx of new, new properties being available. But then also there doesn't seem to be a massive shortage with, with every, all, all the available stock being sold. So again, I think it just points to the market being fairly steady at the moment and indeed the the asking prices that people are putting property on on the market for uh, is sort of bobbing up and down a little tiny bit uh, as things will over over weeks but generally it's holding flat looking at another indicator of, of what the market might be doing is sort of the number of properties or the, the level of property reductions going on and for the last month couple of months ish that has also been holding fairly steady at around 18 percent of properties on the market each week are seeing a price reduction so that that the fact that that is a relatively high level i think shows that the initial listing prices are still a bit over optimistic but it's holding steady at 18 percent of the market so I, i don't think it's showing that the market is lacking anything in its current form as in the reductions are working and sales are happening, so there don't need to be more reductions than that. And indeed, looking at the, the number of days that a property is on the market for, 
on sort of on average before it sells. That's also sort of holding steady ish, although it has just dipped a bit recently and come down to sort of around 60 days. So currently, if you put a, a property on around two months ago, you should expect it to be, be starting to, to get interest and sell now. So that is up from six months ago when it was less than 40 days, but it's not, not as high as it was two months ago over the sort of Christmas period when it, it peaked at 80 days. So, so yeah, I think that the market is moving. I don't think there's any sort of very crazy, rapid changes about to happen. So if things are holding steady, asking prices are holding steady, the market is moving at a steady rate, at what point are we going to start seeing my 10% reductions? <laughs> well, don't start praying for it just to meet with a, a prediction that you've made. But yeah, I, and as we've said before, it could be that this is just the start of it. And I always think if, if we zoom out a few years, that may well be the case. This could just be the slowing down, the stagnating before it starts to drop. And the, o- the only thing we'll know is that once the market's, you know, we, we'll have to wait till the market's moved to, to understand if that's changed. But we, you talk about 62 days and I feel like, again, just my initial reaction to that is that sounds pretty normal. Uh, you know, okay, 40 to 60 days. I think that actually sounds to me quite good. If you're selling, of course, yeah, we want to sell it within well, 30 days, ideally a few weeks. But I, I think that's doesn't sound unreasonable. Yeah, exactly. I think we are sort of returning to a, a more normal market where the, the market in the last few years has been odd in an assortment of ways. And it is just getting more, more normal now. I, I've got a question for you around the original premise of, of who, would, who would buy a property at the moment. And if we were to assume that there is a baked in price reduction coming in the next three years of 25%, if you're going to invest in property, how would you go about trying to choose a suitable property when you know that this price reduction is coming? For me personally, it would be based on all of the things that we talk about on this podcast. Because if the yield works now for you in terms of return, now, based on current rents and rental increases, the rent's not going to decrease. And I'm pretty confident in saying that. And the reason I'm confident in saying that is because we have seen inflation running at 10% for for some time now. Utility prices, uh, let me just shed a tear when I mention that again because they're going up again but that's a topic for another podcast i'm sure so utility prices are going up so if we're renting then the, the rental rates have to to maintain at the very least the rental rates shouldn't be dropping therefore if the modeling works out now in terms of your return against the purchase price then you're still going to make money where you haven't made money in the next three years, if you know, if, we, if, we're, if we're saying 25% is true, is of course your asset has been valued at less. And really, it just brings us back to the start of this podcast where you started saying, well, who is going to buy? Well, usually it's people that are going to buy a house because they, they want to buy a house and they're going to live it for a long time. 
But likewise, if we're investing in property, I'd like to think that we're talking about at least five years. And I used to think about at least five years, but I, I think at least 10 years now. And obviously, that changes as we get older. But And if I'm thinking for investing, okay, for five years, but typically a lot more than that, then three years is just a blip. Yep, exactly. So I have to... Yeah, I have to have some confidence that the that that drop will be mitigated. And the only caveat I ever apply to myself is, you know, there was a you know some study about the price of oil, and that just because the price of a barrel of oil was always one price, and people had seen it at that price and had anchored to that price, doesn't necessarily mean it will go back. And I sometimes have to remind myself of that because it's very easy for us to look at the past and say. If, if we look at the direction of property prices, of course, we know that it's just increased exponentially. As far as the records go, can go back, it's, it's only ever gone up. So our assumption is that will only ever be the case. And I think we can still be quite confident with that assumption in this country, given what we know about the demand for property, for demand for houses, and our inability to, even, to meet the criteria that the government sets year upon year. So yeah. there, will all, there will be that demand for at least the foreseeable five to 10 years. That brings us on to another conversation, which we, which we won't necessarily get into. But of course, we know that there's lots of other things happening in the private rental sector that could influence our ability to provide those properties. But that, again, that's a, a lot more detail that we don't get into. But in short, I would still be comfortable because I'm thinking, well, I'm going to buy this for at least five years. In my local area, I don't see it dropping 25%. Worst case scenario, plucking a number out the air, let's say it's 6 to 8%. Okay, fine, but the, we're still paying the mortgage. The rent's covering the mortgage. And we did our numbers based on the utilities and everything, based on the current rent. So I would be looking at that, and then I would be thinking about that as a, a long-term investment still. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you currently cannot be investing for short-term capital growth because we're working with the assumption that there won't be any and there may well be a short-term capital loss but if you know that the that the cash flow the returns the ongoing profit is there in the investment and you're willing to invest for the longer term then you can ride out that possible capital loss and wait until at least your capital returns and hopefully your capital increases but yeah, I, I think it's at the moment you've got to be investing much more for the current numbers and accepting that you're making a long-term investment. If, certainly, if you're looking at, at standard sort of rentals, and maybe there are other strategies where you can still get things to work on the shorter time scale. But for for buy-to-lets, HMOs, the standard sort of rentals, I think it's, it's got to be looking at the longer term. And I would reiterate that for me personally, I'd make sure. I was comfortable with the local market and how that had changed over time. So I did that when I started investing into my local area. And I saw that the capital appreciation was not great versus some of the areas that are talked about all the time, you know, Leeds, Manchester, Liverpool, some of these, you know, even Doncaster talking about some great capital appreciation and, and get talked about a lot and have seen some great the area I work in hasn't, it's, it's pretty flat. But to be honest, there was part of me that quite liked that. I like it less now. Now that I've owned properties for several years, I'm wishing it was higher. <laughs> However, it gave me some confidence that 
for want of a simpler phrase, the, the oscillation of the highs to lows was much smaller. So we we could be a little bit more confident that, okay, if there was a, 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 a I'm going to say a crash because that's uh, tabloid terminology, but, it, it, you know, if there was a dip in the market or a slowdown, that we would be less impacted. And that has proved to be the case. And it, it's just a lot steadier. But again, if I look at if I take one step back and look at this over a twenty year period, I still think we'll have enough capital appreciation in there to have made these investments worth worthwhile. And because we've now invested for several years, I have seen our loan to the pricing, the, the values of the property increase, and therefore our loan to values decrease, which has increased that buffer. So I think that all of those things will still remain true in the next five to ten years as well. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So I think. As we're we're nearly out of out of time, perhaps as we've been talking about how how steady and unexciting the market is at the moment, you, you've got a, a little anecdotal story about a, a much more contested and exciting market. Well, working with one of my clients, and I know he, he won't mind me mentioning this. I know he listens to the podcast, but working in the northwest, I'm, I'm not going to be so specific. However, in in that area. We, we have been looking for properties and are still looking so, for, for them. And offers have been made and offers have been rejected. And there are multiple offers on properties. So, you know, the, uh, the joke from my, uh, you know, property uh, investing client was that, you know, the, the not so hot market is still looking pretty hot to us. I mean, it, maybe it's even lukewarm, but it's still moving quite quickly. And if there's one thing I've learned in property over the last several years is that different areas react at different times and also there is quite a lag in the market so it might be and this goes against some of what we've said today but it might just be that the indicators we're looking at now the market could be very different in a month six months time in different areas because i just think there's a lot of catch-up and we think that just because the government or you know, introduces some legislation or something's changed that things will happen immediately. It just doesn't happen. Certainly not in property. It's not a it's not a fast moving environment. No, exactly. I mean, just to to spell that out very quickly because we do need to finish up. But if you put a property on the market, we've talked today about the fact that it's on for about two months before it sells. So then it sells. You've got an agreed price at that point. But now it's probably going to take at least three maybe four or five months for that sale to progress and reach completion during which time there may be revaluations when surveyors come out and and mortgage companies get involved and things like that so that the price the agreed price before might yet change and then once that transaction has completed we're now at least five maybe six months into the, the process from when it first went on the market and we first started seeing the, the price for this property, that gets lodged with the land registry. And then the land registry sit on that for a while. And three months down the line, they then release those figures. And it's only at that point we actually really get to see the true value that was associated with that property and that property sale. So yeah, just in that process, there's a nine-month lag from from when the property goes on the market to when the actual really true figure is available for anyone to look at and analyse. Yeah, absolutely true. And thanks for spelling that. And I think because 
the hardcore listeners are left. I think we can continue this slightly because also in addition to that, so that is that you're talking about the lagging indicators of what we talk about because when we talk about those sorts of figures, it's taken a long time to get there. The other thing I'm talking about is the legislation, for example, that happens and the time it takes. So if I think about Section 24, I'll probably get my sections wrong, but you know the, re- the removal of Section 21. Section 21, thank you. The removal of interest rate relief, for example. Oh, no, no, the, well, that was Section 24. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the current legislation. Ah, so there, you go, there you go. I do know what I'm My talking apologies. about. No, yeah, you do get it right. <laughs> so the interest rate relief or, or you know, the, 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 the removal of Section 21, for example. But there'll be a, a human nature, I believe, for a lot of us, is that we deal with things. There will be some people that were proactive in 2016 or 2017 that modelled out their personal investments and said, oh, God, by 2022, I'll be making no money, so I'm going to get rid of that now. But I would imagine that 80% of us, using Pareto's principle, just said, well, let's just see how this goes. So the the, the new levers that, that get brought in around legislation take so long to, to transpire and certainly could. And, you know, things like EPC. Now, we're talking about that now, but who's going to make changes until they actually need to? Who's going to sell up? So even those sorts of things that the government introduced by way of providing some sort of measures into the the private rental section might actually not transpire for two to five years by which time the market has and the you know the economic environment's changed anyway so that's all we're getting to so I, i guess what we're saying in short is that whatever simon and i talk about on this podcast do we really know anything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well of course we do we do know we do know some things and we do know property and we know that we like investing in property we, we have a lot of experience but even with that experience we cannot sadly predict the future well simon said he could in january so we're going to keep we're going to keep going back to that <laughs> and we'll, we'll come back to that but look if you have listened up to now then surely surely you have enjoyed our dulcet tones and surely if you haven't left a rating please do so. It's very easy. If you're listening on the Apple podcast, just to scroll down on our podcast and hit that five-star button and or leave a review. And other than that, we shall see you on the next episode.